Let's Talk Care with Casper and Christy, produced in the Ed Center Auditorium. Opinions expressed by guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the host or Prometica. Well, welcome this week. We've got a great guest this week with Christy and I, and we have Terry Cecil with us here from the pharmacy and uh, behind the scenes part of what we do on a daily basis here and so crucial and interactive and, and what we do in the care for our patients. So welcome, Terry. Thank you. As a nurse, we could not do it without a pharmacist. Medication administration is a big part of what we do and the care that we provide. Really wanted to have Terry on here to kind of give us a behind the scenes look and things that are going on in the pharmacy world. So Terry, do you want to take a minute to introduce yourself? Sure. I am Terry Cecil. I'm director of pharmacy here at Toledo Hospital, which is also covers Ebi Children's and Wildwood. I've been with ProMedica since 2002, started at Bay Park. I was not quite an inaugural member there, but close enough that everyone thought I was an inaugural mm-hmm. member there. Was at Bay Park for 17 years, transitioned over here at the beginning of 2019, and have been here since. What made you choose pharmacy? Frankly, I worked in the guidance office in the high school that I attended. The person that was a year older than me that also worked in the guidance office went into pharmacy. And doing investigational things for with her, um, looking at different colleges and that sort of thing, kind of made me interested in it too. And then I also knew I didn't think I would want to go to medical school nor nursing school. I give credit to all those people that do. <laughs> I'm not a blood and guts kind of girl and knew that this was probably a better option for me. The sight of blood makes me nauseous. That's why I went into <laughs> vascular surgery. Yeah. Yeah. No, great point. But Terry, it's, I mean, it's such a crucial service, right? Yeah. And we're talking mainly inpatient pharmacy. Correct. Here, obviously, the whole outpatient pharmacy world is impactful. And there's different types of pharmacists in the organization, right? I know we work with some clinical pharmacists at Job's and yeah. medication management team, and we have great clinical pharmacists on the floors mm-hmm. and you manage all that. Most of it. Yes. There's a couple of things. So Job's isn't under my oversight right now, but all the clinical pharmacists within the hospital, plus the staff pharmacists, the technicians, interns, everyone else that are under me. Yes. I don't think that people really understand the process that you know, what goes into working in pharmacy. It's not just pharmacists. You have techs and pharmacists have way different roles that they specialize in. So you want to give us a, like a little insight to that? Sure. I'd give you an example. Yeah. Tell us. So like this is one that comes up for our, my group all the time. Right? We want to deliver thrombolytic therapy and it's an emergency and you're doing this angio or surgical procedure and you call for the thrombolytic. And why does it take so long? No, just kidding. It doesn't take that long. But, we, you know, the watch pot never boils. We're sitting right. there. We want it, you know, right. stat. And, you know, even though you guys may get it up there in a, a matter of minutes, I want to talk through that process a little bit so everybody understands the, all that goes behind that. Sure. So once we receive a order from a physician or nurse taking an order for a physician, it goes through our order entry. Pharmacist verifies it, looking at basically the five rights, the same thing the nurses do, you know, right patient, right drug, no allergies, you know, all of those sorts of things, and then process it. It'll then print a label if needed. If not, if it's in the Pixis, it'll automatically go to the Pixis, which that's a whole nother distribution method. But once we get the label, then we have a pharmacy tech or intern who's working in the IV room prepare that. 
which also takes a couple of minutes. They have to scan. We're very big on barcode scanning to assure accuracy. So they'll have to scan each product that they're going to use for the making that IV. And then we will send that into the IV room. They'll prep it, send it out for the pharmacist to check. Again, scanning on all of those parts too. And then either hand-delivered or tube-delivered to the area where it needs to take care of. Right, and that's a big patient safety things that you're doing with all the scanning and all the verifying is really to protect the patient because it is a complex process and the more complex it is, the higher risk for errors. Exactly. So it's not as easy as grabbing a Diet Coke out of the fridge and throwing it in the tube and tubing it up to the floor. Unfortunately, no. You were talking about a robot earlier. What you had? A, you have a robot in pharmacy? We do. We have two different kinds. So one is for all of your bulk type products. So your eye drops, your creams, lotions, injectable vials, all of those sorts of things. And again, barcode scanning. When we receive it from a wholesaler, we scan the barcode, put it in the right pocket. When they pull it out to dispense for a patient, they're barcode scanning it again to make sure it's the correct product. Our other robot is called a pill pick. And with that, we buy bulk bottles, just like you would see in a normal outpatient pharmacy, bottle of 100, bottle of 500. And the robot will package that, put a barcode on it, put an expiration date on it based on the package date, lot number, everything goes on that. And then it goes into what we call the nest. When we get orders, it will pull all the orders off for that patient, put it onto a flexible ring and all of the patient doses for that order are all on one ring. So with the robot, um, twice a day, we will dispense 12 hour supply. So it's become a very nice convenience for nursing is for that 12 hours, any oral medication that they have to give that patient, it's on that ring for them. They're not going back to the Pixis. They're not running all over the place with the gen tower, having the safes and everything else. They can lock it up in the safe and have it right there in the patient room for them. So you have to have some good technology background and experience to work in pharmacy. You do. Well, what about getting creative? I mean, what, what, what names do they have? The robots? The robots, one's box pick, one's pill pick. Guys can't get more creative than that? No, Come on. no. <laughs> we're, we're nerdy, but not nerdy in a creative way. We have that, <laughs> that other side of the brain. Um, what are some challenges that you've seen happen in the pharmacy world over the past several years? Drug shortages. It's nonstop. It's an issue every day. Managing through that, um, making sure that... We're having stock when we need it. If we are unable to get it, having alternatives. So that's where our clinical pharmacists that are on the floor come into play a lot. So all of them are all residency trained. So very similar to a medical student, they have graduated, they have their degree, they have their license, but they're still doing um, additional continuing practice where they become more specialists in a dedicated field. So we have a lot of critical care pharmacists that work in our ICU. We have pediatric. We have NICU. We have um, oncology. Uh, so they graduate with their pharmacy degree. Correct. And then they choose to go into a residency program where they work at a larger hospital mm-hmm. and kind of are further trained to be able to have that certification so they can work in that field. Yes, Wow. How long is a residency? Um, You can do a one year or two year. The first year PGY1 is just a general residency. And then you go into a PGY2 where you specialize. 
You'd mentioned drug shortages mm-hmm. earlier, and it's been a massive issue probably for the last five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is these shortages in everyday generics, mm-hmm. you know, bicarb, sodium bicarb was one I know that was on back order for yeah. a while. Morphine was on back order for a while. Some of these very common everyday generic things that we use. And I think we're a part of a kind of a unique consortium to help combat that. Is right. that correct? Correct. So that particular one is called Civica. And we bought into that and is part of our buy-in. Then they create and manufacture certain medications that frequently are in back order. And we then have an allocated stock for that. So some of those meds that you are seeing year after year after year going through issues with supply chain, we are having a more stabilized inventory because of that. Yeah, stabilized uh, supply chain. And and I think it's fantastic, if I'm not mistaken, Civica is a non-for-profit. So all of these other non-for-profit healthcare systems bought in to stabilize those needs, Mm -hmm. but certainly do it at the most cost-effective way to each other. Correct. What is there like a reason, a common reason for all these drug shortages? A lot of the narcotics are due to the just whole opioid epidemic. And there wasn't a lot of checks and balances, as you will see through the lawsuits and everything else that have taken place, especially like down in West Virginia, where pharmacy were ordering hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of doses of narcotics that they were um, dispensing. So because of that, the FDA and DEA have really cracked down on how much narcotics are produced each year and how much raw material is purchased each year for all of these drug companies to manufacture. So because of that, it just has really limited the overall availability, especially as you start getting in like right now, this part of the year, fourth quarter, a lot of health systems, especially with COVID and seeing more narcotic use and that sort of thing, we're starting to get into backorder situations again on a lot of these products just because of that. Wow. Because we always hear that there's drug shortages or we're going to do a substitution here, but we just really never understood why. Yeah. Well, it was fascinating. A few years ago, if you remember the hurricanes, right? Yeah. Two hurricanes hit two of the most crucial supply chain areas for pharmacy, Puerto Rico, where a lot of these drugs are made, and then Houston, where a lot of them are packaged and IV bags are made in in the solutions. And that was a real crisis, but luckily it was averted. Very important. What do you want staff to know about the pharmacy? That there's a lot more than just, you know, counting pills, putting a label on something and all of that. So the pharmacists amaze me every day with the little minute details that they catch and background knowledge that they hold on to and everything else. They are looking at each medication order that comes through critically, even if it's just a Tylenol, which in the hospital world especially it's not just a Tylenol what are you know what are they here for is it something with their liver you know things like that little things like that that they're looking for all the time and then on top of that while they're here we're also looking at things every day has their kidney function changed has you know anything else changed that's going to impact the meds that they're on so we're constantly making recommendations or through policy adjusting meds based on you know policy that's been approved 
Yeah, it's a great point. I get to see them daily on the uh, RL6 reports I get from Allison, who we had on earlier podcast. But RL6, for those that don't know, is, stands for Review and Learn. It's our internal kind of quality review process. And, and I do see that when they put down inappropriate orders mm -hmm. and obviously take that to the appropriate medical staff channels. How can we help you and support your team and appreciate them and show them how valuable they are? Oh, you know, last year we, we got a lot of just little thank you notes from the nursing staffs from different departments. That was great. We always say, right, our best asset is our people, yep. Yep. you know, for sure. And maybe you can engage them in more creative robot names. Yeah, maybe. there we have go. a contest on naming the robots. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good thing. Sorry, I'm a little fixated on that one. <laughs> well, Terry, thank you so much for being with us and taking some time out to come and help us. What the pharmacy does and how they are um, a part of the very complex and dynamic patient care. And we look forward to helping celebrate National Pharmacy Week. Thank you. Thank you for all you and your team do. Just fantastic job, Terry. Thank you. I so appreciate un it. Until next time, take, take care. care. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Ratings and comments on those platforms will help us grow the podcast, and we appreciate the boost.